Hey, what's up, everybody? Tonight, I come to the end of a journey. Are we going to have football this fall, for real? And finally, Biden finally makes his uh, vice president announcement today. All that on the Ty Digger Show. Settle in, buckle up, folks. Welcome to the show, August 12th edition, and it also means you guys have been rocking with me for three whole months now. I, I'm blessed. Thank you for listening to me as long as you have. Um, been through a couple things over the last couple months. Um, seems like 2020 is not going to let up anytime soon. Uh, I wish there was a possibility so I can just have a show where I don't got to talk about crazy issues, but I feel like today's issues are something that we really need to have a discussion on. Um, We really need to talk about, um, and I don't want it to seem that I've forgotten, and I don't want you guys to forget. But before we get into all that, I want to make a kind of announcement. I finally finished all the Star Wars um, movies. I know I know bad Star Wars fan. But it took a while for me to get back into that that third um, installment um, of that third trilogy. Um, I saw The Force Awakens in the movie. I was interested in seeing um, The Last Jedi. Um, just never got a chance to go see it when it was in the movies. It's just the same fire behind it didn't come out for me. And I think part of that was because it was difficult to connect to the storyline. Um, more about that in a little bit. Um, I guess I was one of those old school fans. Uh, it wasn't the fact that Luke Skywalker and Han Solo had a small appearance and it gets killed. Um, it was. It was. I had to digest it at first. Um, I had to look at it through a different lens. Um, I had to look at it that it was time for all that to move on. But the story's kind of rough 
it started off rough. I'll be honest. It was difficult to get into. The second movie, um, I wish I would have saw it in the movie theater, but it actually explains a lot more. Um, so I guess they're following the same blueprint as the second trilogy did. Um, the first, the second trilogy, well, not the second, but episodes four, five, and six. Um, four didn't really give you a lot, but it did give you action. And they told a little bit of the story and it started to build off. We find out Luke um, is the son of Darth Vader, just like um, in the eighth episode, we find out that Ray, the hero, the heroine here, is actually the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. Um, Palpatine makes a return, um, dramatic secrets. She faces him, and through the force, she defeats him. I mean, you guys get the story. Um, but it was it was good. It was enjoyable. Um, and it also, I thought it did a good job of sending off the original cast. Um, Mark Hamill, um, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, who played Luke and Leia Skywalker, and Han Solo, respectively, it did a good job of moving their characters away from the story and getting the people, Disney's trying to get the people to focus on more than just those three. Um, I get where they're going with that, but it has to be understood that there's no way you're going to ever tell a story and somehow you don't hear about Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, uh, Senator Organa, General Organa, um, or Leah Solo, if you want to go for married name, the Skywalkers are going to be involved. The decisions that they made, decisions that the people in their family made, not only just affected them, but affected entire galaxies. What Anakin Skywalker did when he betrayed um, the Jedi's, um, just them obi-wan and uh qui-gon finding anakin you know that affects a lot of people um luke and leia they what the decisions they made ended up affecting a lot of people what uh ben solo did when he became kylo ren that ended up affecting a lot of people in the histories of a lot of solar systems and forgive me for using my nerd uh jargon here but um you're not going to get away from that storyline. No matter who you talk to or any other story, any other story that does not somehow reference to the original, to the original storyline, um, I feel like it's forced. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure if we're being in the universe here, quote unquote, um, I'm pretty sure there are situations where people are going throughout their day and they can't give as much thought to the resistance of the rebellion or the galactic empire because they're going through their own things. But for the most part, if you want to make a novel or a movie and you want to talk about something big, you got to connect to that original storyline. It, it, it plays somewhere in what people are doing and how they're doing it. Okay. So I don't think there's a positive way to escape their shadows. I do think there are stories to be told that don't involve them, but if you're thinking that you're going to create an entire universe 
a Star Wars universe and not mention them, um, I think you're kidding yourself. Um, and I also want to, before I go to commercial break, I want to talk about there's no watching it, and it brings back some good memories, especially episodes four, five, and six. Um, I didn't see any of them in the movie theater, but mom made sure when they came out on a video cassette tape, she would go get it, and we would end up watching it. We used to watch Star Wars all the time on HBO uh, when it came on. So it, it, it takes you back, and it also, um, watching all the movies also allows me to to actually go through the storyline of each of uh, each character and it gives me thought about how each character was important to the entire movie itself um so you know and Leia dying Han dying Luke um dying um during these trilogies he, a piece of them are gone and like everybody's moving on to a new um uh, Hopefully a happier ending. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but I think Disney has a land gold mine here. You're always going to be able to make stories. The universe is just so big. It's just like Marvel. It's, you're always going to have stories. You're always going to have new material. So here's to Disney raking in a lot of our a lot of our money, I guess. But it was fun. Um, before I go, I never understood the whole whining um, thing. Um, it, it just feel like Kylo and Anakin were turned for somewhat petty reasons. Um, and yeah, I guess you could say they came back, but you know they don't turn. I mean, we don't have all these issues, um, whatnot. So that's that's just me. But anyway. We're gonna come when we come back. We're gonna talk about a possibility of college football coming, going. Who knows? All that on the Ty Digger Show when we come back from commercial break. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today, well, right now, this part of the segment, uh, we're going to discuss college football. Um, when I last left you guys, as far as we knew, the uh, Power Five conferences were going to continue to play um, football in the fall. Now, I totally disagree with this um, decision for a multiple reasons, um, one of them being just playing out safety and not spreading the virus, uh, the COVID-19 virus. And... I get the fact that if these big schools don't play, billions of dollars are going to be lost. But, you know, on the flip side of that, if billions of dollars got to be lost to make sure people are safe, then I'm all okay with it. We got to stop treating college as a for-profit thing. College football shouldn't be for-profit. Um, I'm even against coaches getting mega contracts. Like, it's no school should be used spending all that money. And honestly, I think if you're going to play college sports, I don't think school should get all that money to put into somebody else's salary. Now, if you're going to, if these schools are going to earn money to help um, with the academics, and even that might be unfair because some schools have more money to spend to create better programs. Um, 
I guess all in all, what I'm saying is that this is about an ed- this is an educational tool. Um, this is a form of entertainment for the kids, um, for them to learn skills. It's just like an extracurricular activity when you was in high school. Um, it should not be about making grown men rich off the sweat of um, young kids. And let's be honest, a lot of kids that play these Power Five programs are minorities. Um, and I don't want to dismiss the white players, but it just gives us a a bad vibe when a lot of the schools are demanding their players go out to play or recruiting kids from uh, impoverished neighborhoods. And if these kids do catch something and they might happen to be near a family member, these kids can unwittingly bring that virus home to their uh, family members. Personally, I don't think anybody should be on campus. Um, I don't think kids should be um, allowed to go back to campus. And I don't think those kids should be charged for room and board where they're not staying there. Um, some schools, when I'm hearing, are actually having their kids come to school knowing that they're going to send them back home. But when they send them back home, guess what? They already got their room and board. They already got that check. That check cleared. And these kids, you're putting these kids' lives at risk just to get a couple extra thousand dollars. I think something's totally wrong about that. And as we're talking about college football and we're talking about trying to beat COVID-19, I need people to understand is we had that chance to save the season. That chance was in March, but nobody wanted to pay attention. I mean, I guess we sat quietly for a month. But once April rolled around and we started getting to May and the temperatures started getting warm, nobody wanted to sit still anymore. Even though scientists were telling us, doctors were telling us, look, this ain't going nowhere no time soon. You're going to have to accept the fact that your summer might be shot. Now we're facing the prospect of no football. Um, Again, the NBA has been able to pull it off uh, for the most part. we don't hear a lot from the NHL, but those those um, leagues are able to play in a situation where they have multiple uh, rinks. You can get multiple games in. Uh, so it can truly be a quote-unquote bubble. Um, it's difficult to do that for baseball and football. Those two sports are difficult to uh, be able to do that. So you see in cases spring up and – also, the athletes are just not simply staying away from people. Um, the St. Louis Cardinal players who went to the casino, uh, the Marlin players who went out uh, to the bar. Like, you got to be able to trust those guys to handle their side of the deal. And unfortunately, they have not been able to do that. So you're starting to see the numbers go up. And I think one of the issues that we have when we talk about college athletes is – and for those of us that were, I mean, most people that listen to my voice, you probably were 18, 19, 20, 21 at one point, and you did dumb things. You went out when you wasn't supposed to go out. You chilled where you wasn't supposed to be chilling at. Uh, most of us did dumb things. And some of these kids, they're not doing dumb things. They're doing things that they're used to, but they realize they can't do no more. They can't just go hang out in a large crowd. And it's difficult for some of them to be able to do that. So you're having these kids go hang out and they're bringing that back. 
And, you know, they're bringing the COVID back um, to their schools, um, to their coaches, um, families, if they're seeing them. So a lot of that is coming back. And today, the Big Ten um, canceled what postponed um, fall football. They're looking for the spring. Um, The Pac-10, I'm not sure they're going to the spring, but they have actually shut down fall sports as well, which only leaves now um, the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, who some people are saying are teetering on the decision to go the same way as the Pac-12 and the um, Big 10, and Notre Dame, who are still actually, the major schools are still actually having football um, this fall. Again, I want to see football, but I don't want to see it at the risk of anybody's health. And I get the players want to play. Um, Trevor Lawrence started off, um, we want to play uh, thing. He had a big rant. Some other players pushed back. But I don't want to see those guys risk themselves out. At some point, if we're talking about the safety of other people, we got to make sure that these people are safe. Not just talk about it. We got to protect them from themselves sometimes. Um, and basically, yo, America, sit down for a few months. Sit down. Relax. Get on your government officials. You know, I heard I heard a, a call about well, people who are making unemployment, which the hate towards people making unemployment is crazy to me anyway because they pay into unemployment. You just don't get unemployment. Unemployment isn't because you don't have a job. Unemployment is you're getting the money to hold you over that you put into while you had a job. But I'm not going to stray too far from what I'm trying to say, but government is supposed to come in and take care of those people. Government can come in and say, you know, it bugs me when I hear politicians saying, oh, the people are going to be homeless and job benefits are going to run out. Oh, what about those people? Like, they don't have the power to change that. And finally, I'm going to need people to be adults in the room in this situation. We can't go out. Let me say that again, America. We can't go out. We can't hang out in big crowds. We're not going to get football. Maybe NFL, but even that's to me, that's still sketchy. When we're not going out. You don't need to go out. Everybody needs to sit at home and start working on whatever it is broken in your house. Whatever that needs working on in your house. And we don't want to make this a situation. We don't want to make this bigger than what it is. Um, some of us are kind of tired of being stuck in the house. But the way we're going, these quarantine measures are not gonna are not gonna leave overnight. They're not going to leave because you're tired of seeing them. What's going to happen, we're going to be back on lockdown again. That's what's going to happen because we refuse to simply sit down from somewhere. And just take a chill. Just take a break for a few seconds. Quiet. Just like that. And if we're down for the cause and we're down for... um protecting people and we're down to eradicate this, we're going to have to listen to the people who are smart about this, who know 
what they're talking about. And if they're telling us social distancing, real social distancing, not that fake stuff that America has been throwing on, where everybody is is in except for essential personnel and a few words for, for those guys you stay in so the quote-unquote essential personnel are not overworked they have to be there so why would i do something to make it hard on my friends who are essential person essential personnel why would i make it hard on them the nurses the doctors why well, i'm going to make it hard to sit at home you don't get sick and they're not getting overworked and we'll all be past this. Stop being selfish. Now we're going to uh, go to a commercial break and we come back. Joe Biden's announcement. All that on the Ty Diggins show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we finally found out who Joe Biden will be taking along with him as he challenges Trump for the 2020 uh, presidential election. And it is former Howard University alum. Well, Howard University alum, not former, because you're always a bison. Kamala Harris. Yes, the former uh, attorney general out of California. And she's also a junior United States senator from California now. That's what she is um, doing at this moment. Um, a lot of people um, are not thrilled about this. Um, I remember how excited people were Joe Biden was going to pick in a uh, black woman. That he was pressed about that. He said he was going to do it. And um, he ends up picking Kamala. I always thought Kamala, when she said he was going to commit to a black woman uh, being his running mate, I I just felt like Kamala was a no-brainer here. Um, I know we like Susan Rice. I know we like we liked, uh, Abrams. But um, Rice could have been um, a decent pick. Um, Abrams, I don't think Abrams, I'm not going to say ready, but I don't think it was an. I thought I thought it was always a non-starter. Um, I, I, we'll probably see her rerun for uh, governor of Georgia um, in twenty twenty two, and I believe she actually made that announcement. If she didn't make the announcement, she leaned towards um, doing it. But uh, back to Harris um, as a bison. Congratulations, girl. Um, do your thing and. I personally think you're going to knock them dead. Now, let's talk about some of the criticisms. Um, because not everybody that I would believe would, happy, would be happy was happy about this pick. And um, one of the things is she's faced criticism uh, for a tough on crime policy that she pursued while she was California's attorney general. Now, um, there was an incident. Um, there was a California enacted the truancy law and allegedly a woman was uh, well, a woman was put into prison because her child was uh, truant 
um, very often. Now, I don't know how true that is because I hear both. I hear both sides. Some people are saying that woman was never jailed. Other people are saying she was throwing people in jail for that. Uh, I'm not going to get in that, but I will address the fact that being attorney general, she doesn't have the pull to refuse to um, push laws that was handed down to her from uh, the Congress, um, from California, from the state level, or if she was the attorney general of the United States, she does not have the authority to say, okay, I'm not enforcing that rule. Um, she was, um, she was very adamant in defending that. And a lot of people say there was overzealous in her enforcement. Um, again, I don't, I'm not from California, so I'll let somebody, if you want to call into the show and have that conversation, uh, answer questions, um, on this weekend show, but I, I want to be clear that she does not have the authority to say, you know what, I ain't going to do this. And before we move on, when we people get to talking about uh, what about your morals, principles, and things like that, I want to be clear. A lot of people do things at work that they don't like doing. And a lot of you are not quitting because of that. A lot of you people are working for companies that are, um, with lack of better words, less than savory about their dealings, um, who they support. And a lot of us work for these companies. So if we're not going to sit there and stand up to our bosses, I don't think it's fair to ask Kamala to do the same. So, um, and then while we're talking about being overzealous, we come back to the 94 crime bill. There was another complained about that. First off, um, Kamala wasn't on that. Okay. And I've seen Bill Clinton and Joe Biden catch a lot of flack for that. Um, while I think some of it is justified, I, I want to be clear that I grew up, I was born in the uh, mid seventies and I was eight, uh, eight, nine, ten years old in the mid nineties. Um, being in New York City, we used to, well, we used to go up there for the summer and um, used to see some wild stuff in the city. My dad used to make sure that, you know, when you're at the train station, you did not stand near the edge because people were actually actively walking around pushing people in front of trains. Um, you couldn't stay out past a certain time of night because there will be gunshots going on in certain neighborhoods. Some of these neighborhoods, especially you think about the eighties being when crack really hit our neighborhoods um, hard. Some of these neighborhoods turn into war zones. Now I don't want to make this a, what about Chicago moment? or What about New York moment? But a lot of African-Americans wanted something done about that. They wanted something done. And and I feel like the people who are complaining about it are either, one, too young to uh, remember how critical it got, or being kind of dishonest about this uh, crime bill. Um, people had like the crime bill was something that the politicians threw on top of us. No, we wanted something done. We, our parents, people wanted that riffraff off the street. 
nobody wanted to go to work all day and then come home to guys shooting in your neighborhood or selling drugs in your neighborhood or getting your kids caught up into that into that lifestyle. Nobody wanted to come home with that. Nobody wanted to see that in front of their house. And when we talk about see that, um, women performing, uh, people performing acts to get the drugs, uh, people being intimidated, uh, people being tortured, people being murdered, um, gunfights. Nobody wanted to see that in their neighborhood. So this is what the crime bill was about. Um, now, we can have a honest discussion about how harsh that bill was and how constraining the bill was, because I personally thought the bill lacked nuance. Um, that's the wrong word. The bill lacked flexibility. Okay. Just because you do three crimes or those three crimes, violent crimes, you know, um, back then it was like, if your third strike was just stealing the candy bar off the prison, you go I don't, And I don't think prison, first off, prison shouldn't be for stealing. Okay. I mean, the, the idea of the United States imprisoning somebody for stealing when a lot of the, the land that we are on is stolen land. And a lot of men got rich by stealing ideas from other people or stealing companies from other people. It's practically laughable. Um, we built this country on the back of people stolen from another land. That's so you're trying to make stealing some type of big deal. Um, and I'll get more into that in a second. You're trying to make stealing a big deal. I don't think stealing is something should, some, anybody should spend 25 years for. If you want to create a system where this person gets help, fine. Or you want to create a system where this person is not allowed back into this store or back into this place, that's fine because the person can't stop stealing. That's cool. That person still has access to the goods there um, just by sending somebody else. So that person technically doesn't have to be in there. But I don't want to get, I don't want to stray too far from the uh, topic. Um, and what I'm going to say is going to surprise. I think some of us, some of these criminals need to be locked up. Just simple as that. They, they need to be locked up. They need to be in prison. They need to be away from society. People, rapists, murderers, um, child abusers, sex traffickers. Those people need to be locked up. But when we talk about lock up, they need to be rehabilitated. Okay? They need to be rehabilitated. And I've said this before on the show. Prison needs to be about rehabilitation. If there's no rehabilitation and you let these people back into the streets, then there's no justice in the, in the criminal system. That's when we talk about, this is when we start talking about, okay, we need to really dismantle some things. If it's just not going to work, we're just spinning our wheels. And I don't want us to uh, to be doing that. But I don't have a lot of time. I want to get back um, to Kamala. Um, and I, I'm going to make this my final point, is the biggest complaint I've heard of the last couple months um, since it was clear Biden was going to be the nominee even before that, when it got down to Biden and Bernie Sanders and 
who was going to face Trump and people complained about, oh, we got to vote for white men again, old white men again. Hey, I hear you, but we can't run off every woman or every African-American candidate because they don't fit our perfect definition of what should be an African-American candidate. They just don't. And honestly, you're never going to get, not everybody's going to get that perfect candidate. That's just simply not going to happen. And we need to understand that we're not going to get that type of candidate. And I don't think it's fair for us to bang on her and then complain about, oh, we got to vote for white guys again. Well, guess what? Stop running off everybody. If you're upset about this, be upset with yourself when um, Elizabeth Warren, Warren was running and everybody was ripping her. Cory Booker, uh, Kamala Harris, um, a lot of decent women and African-Americans or people of color, okay, people of color who were running um, for president got pretty much thrown to the side. And I don't think that's fair. You know, um, that's just, it, it's, it's misguided. It's completely misguided. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you want your person to run, but if that person doesn't, if that person doesn't win, but guess what? We still get behind the candidate, the goal. And I think, this is what we need to understand. The goal is to remove Trump. If that means my candidate's not running, so be it. I vote. I would get behind the Democratic nominee. And before I before I go, oh, the other two candidates, um, Patrick um, Yang Castro, again, two great, some more great candidates that could have made some noise, but we kind of ushered him out the way for for Biden, for Bernie Sanders. Oh, and I think those two men are excellent men. But if we're going to change the narrative of not wanting to vote for white guys, and if we're tired of seeing the same older white male running for office, then we need to support our candidates for the candidates that look like us, the candidates that are going to fight for us. We need to support that more instead of running them off. Okay? Because when you see those attack ads, those ads are basically trying to get people not to even look at that candidate. Try to get rid of that candidate. All right? And, and let's be honest. I know we don't want to vote blue because it's blue. We don't want to do Democrat because it's Democrat. I, I get that. But 2020 is not the year for it. The president of the United States, first off, the president of the United States basically all but ordered his policemen to set their phases on kill. All right. He's actually ordering the cops to pull federal police to pull people off the streets. The guy's tampering with the mail system. It goes on and on. I mean, you just think about his ability to lead. Let's let's pretend that all that other stuff is. Let's pretend all that other stuff is not true. Okay. Play along with me, please. The man gets on TV today and says that 
World War II was ended in 1917 because of the Spanish flu. And I just feel like enough people are not upset about that. I need the president of the United States to know when the Second World War ended. If you're pro-Nazi, anti-Nazi, I need you to know when the Nazis lost World War II. And I need you to know why World War II was won, lost, from your perspective. But when you're telling me that the Spanish flu ended a war that happened 21 years after it ended, 20 years after it ended, and you're not even in the right decade of when that war ended, that that's a problem. That's a problem. To believe that the United States and Italy have been friends for over a thousand years, that's that's troubling. And I don't think enough Americans are upset about that. But I will tell you this. You can protest in the Biden-Harris um, Candace, uh presidential administration. You're not going to be able to protest in the Trump administration, not the second time around, unless you're willing to risk something. And that brings me to my final point when people talk about revolution. I'd rather us take care of this problem now before we get there, because I assure you, revolutions get messy. And the guy in power, he's not stepping down. He has the might and he has the means to make it miserable for everybody. The question I ask you, are you willing to be miserable to change things? And if you're not willing to be miserable to change things, then let's get on board this voting train and get this guy on out of here before you have the result, before you actually regret this. And I assure you, you're not going to be okay in a second Trump term at all. Well, that's all I have to say today. I just want you guys that are dealing with some things. Um, I know this is a tough time. I can't state this enough. It's a tough time for everybody. I want you to take care of yourselves and take care of the people you love. Talk to you next week. Ty Degger Show, signing off.